Welcome to the Impact Church podcast. We are a community that doesn't pretend to have all the answers, but aims to have all the hope that you could ever need. We pray that this message is helpful and encourages you no matter what season of life you're in. Enjoy this week's message. Hey, this morning, um, as I mentioned, we're going to get into part one of Gather. And, and I, I'm, if, if you're a guest here, let me preface it with this. If you're a guest here, or perhaps you're listening or catching this online later um, and you're just checking us out for the first time or, or maybe something about the, the, the title or the, the way this message was presented online caught your attention. Um, I'm, I'm so excited that you're here to join us because you're really getting a look under the hood um, of our community this morning. Because uh, this is, I'm, I've, I've chosen to sit down. If you're listening to this on a podcast, this isn't going to matter to you. Um, but I've chosen to sit down this morning because I feel like this is kind of like a family chat. Um, and so if you're a guest here this morning, well, welcome to the dinner table. This is, you, you, you get to see the mess uh, this morning as well as all the good stuff. So um, this, this is a series that um, we, many of you will know already, we're partnered with, um, with Suncoast Church up on the Sunshine Coast um, as, as far as they support us with a lot of um, administrative load um, and they help me to, to, to make sure that we're well-resourced well as far as midweek opportunities and um, and content for Bible studies and website management and all that kind of thing. Um, but occasionally, occasionally, um, and in fact, m- more than occasionally, we, we consider um, what's going on in here in Canberra. And when we have these conversations on Sundays, we, we think carefully about our local community and what's going on. But occasionally, I feel that there's a time where we as a Canberra community have to pause and really consider where we are and where we are going. And in some ways, Suncoast can help us with that. But in many ways, that's up to me. And it's up to you if you call this church home. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to have this conversation gather. Why we gather and how we can do it better. And really, we're just talking, we're talking down to the micro level of us as a community. And what it is that we can do to become the most effective followers of Jesus that we can. We have the mission statement that we have a church or that we want to be, we desire to be a church. That both people who like church and those who don't like church, that they would love to engage with us. That they would love to interact with us. That when people in the Canberra community, in the Monash community, in the Tuggeranong community, in the Canberra community more broadly, when they come into contact with you and me and our kids, when they come into contact with us, what we want them to say is, we might not believe everything those crazy Jesus people believe. We might not like the music they sing that much, or we might not agree with some of the things that they say are so important. But I'm really glad they're here. Because they're the most generous, most kind, most peace-giving, most joyful, and above the rest of it, most loving people that we know. We might not agree with all that they say, but we certainly can't disagree with the way that they treat us. We seek to do that in everything that we do. Both the way we gather here in the room on Sundays together and in everything that goes on throughout our week. The other part of our mission statement is that we say we want to be a community that loves like Jesus does. And whether you're listening online or you're a guest in the room, I don't know where your relationship 
is at with the story, with the gospel of Jesus, with the character of Jesus himself. But you probably know what he's most famous for, which is giving up his life for others. And so I don't know if you've ever paused to think about how confronting that is for a moment, that we would say we want to be a community that loves like that. In other words, this ain't just a happy social club. We put, we put a stake in the ground and, and, we've, and we've said that we're going to be about something a little bigger than that. Something a little more costly than that. And so many of you embody that every single week. And I'm just so grateful to be able to call you my Impact Church family. Before I dig into some of the things that I've really been thinking about and praying about as long as uh, as well as with some of our our core leadership team here i wanted i wanted to share with you a few of the things that i'm really excited about a few of the things that have been happening for us as a community over the last 18 months since eleanor and i moved here because that's as far back as my memory goes you'll know things that go beyond that to be excited about but let me share with let me let me share with you some of the things that mean eleanor and i absolutely adore being part of this community i'm going to read straight from here because i don't want to miss them cass has relaunched our kids ministry with the help of many of you. We've put a stake in the ground and said we want to be about the next generation. Chris, Cass's husband, relaunched our creative team in a new way and started gathering them on Tuesday nights to practice and rehearse together, brought new team members on, gave new opportunities, have done a tremendous job of developing musical experiences both on Sundays and at other times that we've gathered that have been such an encouragement to me and I hope to you as well. We've relaunched connect groups in homes. We got through being stuck in our own homes during a pandemic. We've gathered for prayer and worship nights weekly, as I shared earlier, but also every term with the band to have extended periods of praying that our city would come to know the hope that we have in Jesus, led by Anthony and Heather. And Anthony and Heather have brought in um, a ministry that they do a tremendous job of running in New South Wales and ACT, something called FGBA that you can talk to them about if you're curious. But Anthony and Heather have brought there a a whole bunch of people that they lead in that ministry to those prayer and worship nights with us. We've had family fun days, volunteer celebration dinners, Good Friday dinners, and probably a favorite most recently, pajama days. We've also had Vision Sunday where this community demonstrated once again that though we might be relatively small in number, we refuse to be small in impact, giving thousands of dollars away locally to organizations like Communities at Work that feed hundreds of hungry people, educate in schools of last resort every single week, put people in formal clothes for job interviews, do domestic violence, crisis support, We've given thousands of dollars away to local missions like that. We've, we've partnered with Red Frogs to see thousands of young people supported on university campuses in music festivals at schoolies, as well as partnering in our long-term international partnership with those in India. You'll be around for a few weeks. You'll hear a little bit more about our friends in India. We, we've got a long-standing partnership that really I'm a, I'm a junior in learning about uh, with an incredible uh, mission organization that plants churches and schools and orphanages and all those sorts of things over in India. We've continued to expand our vision for how the Impact Center, this building that we're sitting in, can serve the community. There is now a weekly tutoring group here on Thursday nights that meets here. There are uh, community members that hire the venue. Most recently, there were 71-year-olds in here on Thursday night, apparently, celebrating a birthday party. I don't know how the building's still standing. 
We've had partnership with a local funeral home and we continue to have conversations with them as to how we could, as a community, use this site to serve families on the south side in some of the most sad and most vulnerable moments in their lives. And they're excited about it and I'm excited about it. We've done hope hampers. We've done community barbecues. Just last week, we were able to give away, because of the generosity of one of the members of this community, pots and pans, dunas and blankets, and an iron to a Ukrainian family trying to settle in after fleeing their war-torn nation and moving into a home just up the road. We've got a a midweek families environment now, led by Sue, the Giggles Playgroup, where families that weren't engaged in the life of our church before have come in and we've been able to serve them a hot cup of coffee, say, hey, we're here for you, we love you, we know life's chaotic, but if you ever need anything, just give us a shout. And Sue has a blast singing to them, which you should ask her to demonstrate later, if you haven't heard it. I'm complimenting you. We now have about 35 to 40 young people who we didn't even know 18 months ago who were a part of our community because they come to a Sunday night service in the city that we've only just planted this year in February. We partnered with, you can ask me more about this later, the Catholic Archdiocese in Canberra and they have given us a building rent-free in the middle of the city to reach the next generation of philosophers, scientists, politicians, art defense leaders, the next mums and dads, teachers. And as a result of that Sunday night service, we have three of the young adults who call that service their home community launch Waihai Canberra, a community that happens in this building every single Friday night to say to our teenagers, hey, we know you're growing up in a really weird period of history. A period of history where you can believe whatever you want and truth is something that you can choose. But here's what you need to know. We're here for you. We love you. We care about you. Jesus has made us better at life and made our lives better. And we want to tell you about how that's been for us and how we think it could be a part of your life as well. And of course, maybe my favorite part of all, we've had new family members, new friends join our community who we now call close and part of our Impact Church tribe. And on a personal note, on a personal note, Eleanor and I, when we were asked to move to Canberra, I've shared this before, when we were asked to move to Canberra, gave a resounding answer in about 30 seconds flat that went along the lines of, no, thank you. But over the last 18 months, this community, this suburb, this town, this city has completely won us over. And we are as invested in the mission of Jesus in this city as we've ever been invested in anything else in our entire lives. And we are so excited about all that is to come. And a large part of that is in the way that many of you have welcomed us and loved us and partnered with us as we continue to work out what it means to be a community that the churched and the unchurched would love to engage with and a community that would love like Jesus does. So thank you for showing that to us and allowing us to partner with you and showing that to the community around us. But in all of that, in all of that, 
Here's what I really, really think. We are just getting started. We have barely seen a glimpse of the impact that a group of people can have in their hometown when they commit together to loving like Jesus does. We are just beginning to see a glimpse of the impact that we can have in Monash, in Tuggeranong, in Braddon, where our Sunday night community meets, in Canberra, in Australia, in India, and beyond, who knows. We are just getting a glimpse. And we're believing that the gospel, and as we partner in carrying it, is going to transform many, many, many more lives as a result of our willingness to be obedient to whatever it is that God's calling us to do. Not only am I believing that to be the case through us to the community around us, but my prayer is that as we continue to become closer as a community and we continue to gather to pray and to believe for breakthrough and to explore God's word together and to just do life together, to carry one another's burdens, I'm believing that you're going to experience breakthrough in your own life as we're personally transformed by his love as we show it to one another in ways that we've only just begun to imagine. And of course, we're believing to see many, many more of the next generation come to meet Jesus and come to experience the hope and the joy and the peace and the love that he brings as a result of us putting a stake in the ground and saying we want to show the world the love that Jesus has shown us and see it transform you as it's transformed us. So for the next few weeks, starting right there with everything that there is to celebrate, but everything that there still is to come, I just want to take a pause, if you like, and consider where we are, where we're going, and what we might be able to do to continue to see that kind of impact on the community around us and in our own lives. The inspiration for this comes from a letter in Hebrews, and I'll throw it up in the screen in, in, in just a moment, but um, just ahead of me, mate. <laughs> And uh, we're going to dig into this in a moment. And, and Hebrews is, a, is an interesting book right from the outset because when you, when you look throughout the New Testament and you consider where we got all of these manuscripts from and these words from, some of which are close to 2,000 years old or beyond, some of which are much older than that. Hebrews is one of the ones that people who are much smarter than I still fight over who we got it from. It's interesting to consider. I don't know. I'm just a nerd. Maybe I find that interesting. Maybe you don't care. <laughs> But uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of people who would say Paul, who you probably have heard of, Paul the Apostle, one of the founding church fathers, one of the guys who gave us most of the Bible that you and I have and get to enjoy. Some, of it, some, some people would say that Paul gave us these. But still others argue that, no, this came from a different church leader. Because the interesting characteristic of Hebrews, as opposed to some of the other letters that we have in our New Testament, is that it was written with a presumed knowledge, a prerequisite, if you like, that you were familiar with the Jewish origin of the Christian faith. You see, many of the letters, and we, and we, we do this today in the way that we communicate here as a church, we, we don't assume too much. We make sure that people come on the journey with us and understand why Jesus wasn't just a blip in history, but something that from the origin of time 
had been pointed to, that creation was waiting for from the moment we were separated from God. And it was through the tribe of Israel, it was through all of the amazing things that we read about in the Old Testament, amazing things and ugly things, through all of the things that we read in the Old Testament, that it became necessary and it became obvious and it became important that God sent his one and only son for you and for me, for your brothers and your sisters and your mother and your father and your children and your family. Because nothing else could have brought us back to God but him giving up his own life for us. And so in Hebrews, we find that the author's writing the letter with the presumed knowledge that you've read and more or less memorized the whole Old Testament, which I sent in an email last week. I hope all of you did that. That's okay. Um, and so probably what's worth remembering if, you, if you're going to go and look at the text beyond the few verses that I want to unpack together this morning is that there is that assumed knowledge. And so it's worth considering getting more familiar with the biblical narrative as a whole, the macro level picture, if you will. And we would love to help you do that. There's plenty of resources that we can look at. But that's more interesting. That's not going to be a prevention for you going through the few verses I want to unpack with you this morning. But it's after 10 chapters already that we arrive at these few verses. And the author has expounded this argument that what has happened right throughout the history of the nation of Israel, as I just mentioned, has all pointed to the necessity that God was going to send someone, a priest king, a sacrifice, a sacrifice for once and for all time. All of these things that the author of this letter uses to describe this necessary person that had to come in order for us to be restored to a relationship with our creator. And so for 10 chapters, he argues this. And then he arrives, or she, arrives here. Starting in verse 23. So let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope. So when he says, when he or she says, let's, based on everything that I've just told you about the fact that Jesus is who you and I have been waiting for. In fact, the whole of creation has been waiting for. Because we've all been waiting for him because of the fact that he's fulfilled for us the promises that we needed him to. He's given our life for us so that we could turn back to God. As a result of that, let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope, that hope, without wavering. Implying there will be reasons to waver. There will be things that will be hard. It will not always be easy to remember this hope. For he who promised, for Jesus who did this for us, is faithful. And here's the key verse that I want us to go through today. In verse 24, it says, So let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds. There it is. There's our mission. How can we love one another and love the community around us the way Jesus did? Turns out it's not our mission. Turns out it's around 2,000 years old. How, how can we encourage one another to live that way, to love that way, to serve the people around us that way? Not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, again implying that there would be reasons to stop meeting. But encouraging one another all the more 
as you see the day drawing near. Don't you love it when someone references the end of the world in a letter they write you? And if it was near 2,000 years ago, I don't know what it is now. (laughs) Nonetheless, it's a good motivator to consider that we probably shouldn't treat this lightly. Encouraging one another in love and good deeds. So zoom in on verse 24 with me. Let's consider how to encourage one another. A few things to note there. The first thing, let's consider, meaning there are going to be different ways to do this. There are going to be times where it's going to look different for us. There are going to be things we should try in order to be more effective in doing this. We should think critically about it. We shouldn't just be mindless robots that turn up to Sunday and hang out for an hour and then we're good for the week. We should consider how it is that we can spur one another on to good deeds and to love like Jesus. And then the other interesting part of this is that this translation that I'm using which is the New American Standard. It, it uses that word encourage, but then when you, when you dig into that word, the original word, which I won't bother pronouncing because I'll mess it up and someone here will pick on me for my poor Greek pronunciation. But when you look at the original word, the encouraging actually seems like a really gentle way to have written this. Because when you dig in, the words that they use to break down this are actually, and some translations say, stimulate, incite, irritate and here's my favorite provoke so let me read that part again let's consider how to stimulate incite irritate and provoke one another to love and good deeds in other words encouraging was the friendly way to say it but what he really meant was or she really meant was make sure this happens It's vital that we get this right. So here's the question that I'm breaking this down to for us, just for the sake of making it chewable for this morning. How do we best encourage one another, incite one another, to love like Jesus? Both for the sake of one another, because there's going to be times that are hard and we're going to have to do it for one another to keep one another going. But also... Because the rest of the world depends on it. Speaking to you for a moment, whether you're listening online or you're in the room, if you are someone who has had a radical relationship with Jesus that has transformed the way you live, that has transformed the way you work, treat your spouse, treat your children, live your life, relate to your finances, the way you worry, the way you experience stress. If, if, it's, if, if you've experienced Jesus in a way that's transformed all of that for you, like it has for me, then you get the urgency of this. Because you know that you need every single person you meet to experience what you've experienced. It's just too good not to try and share it. So for the sake of both one another and for the sake of the world, we should irritate one another to love like Jesus. Check out this graph on the screen that came out this week when the census results came out. Now, I'm I'm not a statistician. Statistician? How do I say it? Statistician? I think that's right. I'm not going to pretend to understand the ins and outs of these numbers the way that my father-in-law is in the room. He's a genius with numbers. I'm not even going to try because he will embarrass me later and... But, my, but, but what you can't miss there is the fact that more and more people are seeing what you and I have experienced if you're a Jesus follower and saying, that's not for me. That's not for me. 
And newsflash, I don't think it has to do with Jesus. Because for 2,000 years, people have been transformed by this message. And if the message wasn't that compelling, I think we would have left it behind a little while ago. But yet here we are, still gathering in this building, still trying to work out how it is that you and I can follow Jesus and love like Him. So I think it's got more to do, perhaps, with how you and I are going at sharing Jesus with the world around us. Just a thought. You won't find that in Scripture. That's just a thought from me. So pick, pick on me for that one. So where are we going? As a result of the call to irritate one another to love like Jesus. As a result of the fact that more and more of the country around us is becoming disinterested. And, and look, may, maybe you're listening this morning and this, that's you. You're just unsure of how this 2,000-year-old message might be something that could be relevant, let alone even transformative, to your own life. Well, hey, first of all, I'm so glad you're listening. I'm so glad you're here. Please stick around because it's changed my life. And I'd love to share with you so that it could change yours too. And we're going to be a community committed to that. So here's where we are and where are we going? Well, in the last few minutes that I have this morning, I want to share something that we've already been considering carefully, praying through carefully, wondering about carefully, asking questions about studying all of the rest of it carefully, which is just one small practical thing that we can begin to do to continue to consider. It's not that we're going to get it right every time. It's not that we're going to 100% nail it every time, but at least would we be a community that would consider how it is that we can provoke one another to love like Jesus. And there is one change for our community practically that I want to share with you this morning and we'll unpack over the next few weeks that I want to share with you that we're going to give a try. Now, this is something that um, I started wrestling with months and months ago. And about a month and a half, two months ago, I finally got the courage to say it out loud to, well, a few months before that, I had the courage out loud to say it to Eleanor. And a few months after that, I had the courage to, I finally built up the courage to share it with some of our core leadership team here at Impact, which if you're not familiar with them, Matt and Janine, um, as well as Chris and Cass as oversight of our creative and kids ministries and Sue um, as what, what, what the, the amazing, per, like, I, I don't know how to sum it up. Everything. Uh, yeah, they're everything. So if you haven't met Sue, there you go. That's who Sue is. So I shared it with a few of our core leadership team. And we've been praying about it together and, and thinking critically about it. And we've decided to bring it to you. We've decided to bring it to us as a community. And it's something that we're going to give a try. We're going to have an experiment with. And we're going to hear some feedback on as we try it out together in order to try and spur one another on to love like Jesus. The idea was born out of one of the most formative experiences that Eleanor and I have had so far in Canberra. It's, uh, it's, going, to be, it's going to be a pretty significant change. It's going to be a pretty significant experiment. It's going to be something that's going to make you, me, and most of us at least a couple times uncomfortable. I'll, get, I'll come to that one in a moment, Sam. You're right, mate. Thanks, mate. And uh, I'll, I'll share real quick. For Eleanor and I, moving, moving to, a, 
to a brand new region, to a brand new city, um, was unnerving. And it was fun, but it was also, you know, it, it, it took some adjustment. We'd come from the Sunshine Coast and Central Coasts, respectively, where um, we were fortunate enough to be a part of families where surnames were looked upon kindly because of the legacy of both of our parents, of which we're immensely grateful for. But when we came to Canberra, our surnames meant nothing, and no one cared who we were. So that was a new adventure for us as a young couple learning to, learning to follow Jesus together as a family and learning to lead and be a part of this community together as a family. And one of the things that has been so formative up until this point in our experience is the fact that we met with around, it was between four and about ten at its biggest. Other people at a, at a similar stage of life to us who also were committed to following Jesus in their own lives. And we met with them in our home. And we've been doing that with them for about 18 months. And I could get Eleanor up here to tell the story, and maybe we will in the next few weeks. And for us, having a circle in which we sat where we could just sit with people and say what was good, what was really not going good, (laughs) to share food together, to pray together, and to encourage one another on in love together has been one of the most encouraging and meaningful experiences that we've ever shared together. And that's an experience that we really deeply desire that every member of this community would have the opportunity to have. And of course, we've already, we've, we've, we've got connect groups and we talk about them often because we're so passionate about them. But what we, what, what I want to put forward today and what we're going to try for, for the duration of term three, it's going to be a little bit radical and it's going to be a little bit different, but it's out of that experience and the experiences of those that you read about throughout the Bible and hopefully you've got your own experiences where you've had people in your life you can point to and say those are the people that have carried me through when things were rough. What we're going to try is meeting in homes on Sundays every second week. It's going to be something that's very different and it's going to bring up some logistical questions And it's going to bring up some logistical challenges. (laughs) But it's something that we truly believe is going to encourage one another on to love like Jesus did at a whole new level. So it's something that I've been wrestling with. It's something that I brought to Eleanor. It's something that we brought to our core leadership team and we've been wrestling with for a month and a half now. We've come to the place where we wanted to bring it to our community as a whole and give it a try. And like I said, it's it's a consider as the author of Hebrews puts it. It's, uh, is this something that's going to help spur us on to love one another and love the community around us more effectively, more like Jesus did? And because of the unavoidable feeling that it might just do that, we're going to give it a try. So over the next few weeks, it's not going to start next week or anything like that, we'll give you a few weeks to have conversation with us and, and get the logistics of it ready. But... After this series, we're going to go for the next four weeks together here, and then we're going to shift to meeting in here every fortnight, and then in the, every single week in between, we'll meet in homes. And there's a few key reasons why we feel that this will be extremely effective for our community at this season, in this season that we're in, at this stage of our lives together. 
as an impact church community. So we'll commit to trying it for at least the duration of term three, so approximately 10 weeks. We'll actively be seeking to hear back from you, both through some digital feedback that I'll collect en masse, but also through individual conversations that we'll have with one another. And it's going to be a strange shift that'll take some getting used to. But we really do believe that it could lead to some powerful growth, both in us as individual followers of Jesus and us as a community, but also because we think that it will lead to the kind of transformation that the community around us will look in and see and go, what is going on there and how can I be a part of it? Why is it that those people treat us the way that they do? Why is it that those people love us the way that they do? Why is it that those people love one another the way that they do? So we're praying that it would both bring transformation within our own lives, in our own community, but also to the community around us as we continue to grow closer to one another and with God throughout the process. So a fortnightly gathering pattern. So a few things to consider, the few things that have got us really excited about giving this a try. First of all, to better equip. We think that conversations happen better in circles than they happen in rows. And I think that I do a lot of talking when we come together here on Sundays and the person with the mic does a lot of talking when we come together on Sundays. But we really do believe that circles are better than rows when it comes to the chance to get together, have a conversation, share what's really going on in life and to build one another up, to equip one another, to love one another and to love the community around us the way Jesus would. We believe that it's going to lead to a growth in what is our main apologetic. Jesus is, we're going to unpack this as, as weeks go forward, but here's a, here's a, here's a sky view of it all. We're going to see, we're, we're praying to see that our main apologetic, our love for one another as Jesus followers would grow as a result of being together in homes, as a result of being together in circles and sharing in food together, sharing in conversation together and living in greater proximity with one another each fortnight as we gather in homes. Three, to obtain greater unity. One thing that's been exciting this year, as I mentioned, has been the growth of our Sunday night community. But one question that we have is how do the two communities come together? How is it that we can experience the joy that bringing the young adults into our circles more often, as well as that, let's say, inter-demographical representation of this community? How can we bring those two things together in order to build one another up more effectively to have greater unity between the two communities? We're praying that through this experience we would see the young adults that are a part of that Braddon community as well as us here in Monash on a Sunday morning. We could get closer, we could come together more, that we would be able to encourage one another from the different perspectives that each of the communities respectively will bring. And finally, so that we can become more relationship focused. It's been a popularized saying for quite a while, Sunday or or church, church isn't an event, church isn't a building, church is the people that make up the community. Where they gather, less important. How they gather, less important. The fact that they gather and the fact that they love one another the way that they do and the reason why they gather are the most important thing that we would gather in the name of Jesus and say we want to love one another the way he taught us and love the world around us the way that we did. And we're hoping that as a result of being able to gather in homes more regularly without adding an additional event to our calendars is going to result 
in greater and deeper relationships between each of us. And that last thing that I mentioned, that's a, there's some practical things that we're really hoping to see as a result of this. Practically, to come together on a Sunday and put on a Sunday service requires a certain amounts of energy and time and resources, and the volunteers that do this do a tremendous job of it. But this is going to mean that there is, at least for this season, where we are relatively small in number as far as volunteers that can help to lead these services when we gather in this way. We'll take some of the strain away and invest more in the relationships that they get to experience, as well as the fact that recognizing that especially in Canberra, but in general. People are busy these days. And so we don't want to make it complicated to experience being equipped to follow Jesus, experiencing the kind of love that Jesus said would define us, experiencing unity with the people around us that we do life with, and to be able to grow deeper in relationship with one another so that we can grow deeper in relationship with God. We're really hopeful that this is something that as we consider it together would lead to us experiencing a growth in each of those things and who knows what else as we give it a try together. So in finishing, I'll go back to where we started the day with this verse. Here is what we ultimately hope. That we would encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our meeting together. That it does not change. How it looks, sure. We can, we, can, we can try things in that. But not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but continuing to provoke, incite, inspire, irritate, encourage one another. All the more as we see the day drawing near. It's going to be strange. It's going to be weird. Who knows what's going to happen on the end of it. But we ought to commit to trying together as a community as best as we see fit to becoming a community that would love and be known for the good deeds in our community. And so I hope you'll join me in giving it a try. Eleanor, can I invite you to come back up and play briefly and I'd love to pray for us as we close and as we consider this next chapter as a community and then we'll go out and enjoy some morning tea together. So if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes, let's pray. Jesus, we just, we again thank you for each and every individual and family member, Lord, represented here in this room this morning. And Holy Spirit, we're just at the beginning, I really do believe it, of this journey of considering how it is that we can encourage one another on to love and good deeds. To becoming a community that would love like Jesus, both within ourselves for one another, but also to the, to the city around us, that we might be a light, that we might be salt, that we might cause them to look again at the good news of your son coming and dying for each and every one of us. So guide us as we begin this discussion, first of all, and as we head into term three and try something new and different. Lord, guide us, inspire us, help us to be in conversation with one another and with you as we seek to be a salt and a light in this city and to spur one another on to love and good deeds. In your mighty name we say, Amen. 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 
Thanks again for joining us for this week's message. We hope it was helpful to you and practical for your life. Ultimately, we pray that this inspired you to consider taking a next step in your relationship with Jesus, whatever that may look like for you. If that's something you would like to do, we would encourage you to get in touch with us via the details in the podcast description. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.